0: 3 verse 12 for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil and who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good but and if ye suffer for righteousness sake happy are ye and be not afraid of their terror neither be troubled But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your many mercies to us. Thank you again for this beautiful Lord's Day. Uh, We pray your blessing today on this service. Bless Pastor Miller as he comes to preach to us. Pray you help him with his voice And we pray, Lord, that you speak to each heart here today. Encourage us and strengthen us. And as we look forward to a new year, we pray, Lord, that we might be uh, more dedicated and more determined to serve you and honor you with our lives. Thank you for your blessings. We pray your blessing upon this day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and be seated.
1: I don't believe there's anything more frustrating to me than to not have the strength of my voice to preach. God's Word is so good and so marvelous and His truths are so essential for the day. And so as I preach, please do not let the weakness of my voice or the interruption that it causes from time to time to distract from the glorious truths of God's Word. Now, Here we come again to the end of a year and the beginning of a new year, 2024. Uh, Boy, it just seems like we have to change that on our checkbook or on our signatures just way too rapidly anymore. I know it's still 12 months, still 360 some days, but it just seems to go by quicker and quicker each year. Um, New Year's. It's supposed to be a time of, of uh, resolutions and dreams and hopes and, and plans in preparation for a new year. But I think this year, and and undoubtedly there will be some of that, but I think this year is a very dark and tumultuous year. Uh, I have grown to where I dislike the election years because of all of the political campaigns and all of the garbage and and wrangling and everything that goes with it. But I think this one will be even more undesirable than, than what we've had even in the past years. But do you know what? 1 Peter is the perfect book for a year like this. It's the perfect book for what we need in facing 2024. Because it gives us foundations for hope in 2024. You see, hope is that spiritual, mental, and emotional life support that sustains you through the adversity and the dark hours and the suffering and whatever undesirable that comes into life. It is hope that sustains us and gives us the life support that we need. And I want us to look at First Peter to see what he has to say, what God's word has for us today for foundations of hope. In verse 1, or verse 3 of chapter 1, we read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again, now get this, unto a lively hope. By resurrection of Jesus Christ, from the dead. It goes on to talk about being incorruptible and undefiled and fadeth not away. But here we have a lively hope. And it is something that is given to us at the new birth. And it is validated by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now this is, this is something that is beyond academic explanation. How do you explain, and maybe there is some kind of an explanation, how do you explain that some persons are born with an overwhelming ability to play the piano or with a musical talent? Some of us, when it comes to music, we work and work and work and work, and finally we might get some melody and might get some harmony out of us. And then the next one, they just walk over and it just flows out of them. It's something that genetically in their makeup, they have the natural, we call it a natural talent. Now they have to work at it, they have to discipline it, they have to teach it, they have to grow it. But it's just there. Many would not know this, but when I grew up uh, as a child, I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. I sing and uh, involved musically today. But my mother uh, was very committed to giving me lessons, both piano and trombone and and uh, voice lessons and all of that. To where I was able to go to state and singing competition and, and come home with uh, <coughs> blue ribbons and different things. But it didn't come natural. It still doesn't come natural. But others... I watch them sit down to the piano. <coughs> and, and they just start playing. They hear it once and they just play it. Folks, this lively hope that we have is what we have received and inherited. It's in our spiritual genetics when we were born again. This, is, this didn't come out of our physical birth. This came out of our spiritual birth. You notice what it says, uh, begotten us again into a lively hope. This comes with the new birth. And so we have a hope, a very unique hope that we have inherited in our genetic spiritual makeup that God has given us. There are many types of hopes, many sources of hopes. <clears throat> but this type of hope exists only in a truly born again Christian. You see, when we talk about hope, hope is something that you can build, develop. You can, you can place it in a multitude of things. But there's a wide diversity of hope. And when I talk about this hope that you and I as believers have inherited in our spiritual life, we, we can stifle it. Somebody can have a great music talent. My wife has a sister that, that was born with a, a music talent, but never used it. And it, it just withered on the vine. If she, in in her advanced years, ever really went back to trying, it would probably slowly come back. But do you know, with our hope that was given to us at our new birth, we can stifle it. We can let it wilt. We can abandon it. But if we would ever resort to what God has given, it would begin to flourish and thrive. And, folks, as we face this new year, we're going to need a hope. And we're going to need a hope that goes beyond a a political party, beyond a candidate. It is going to have to go beyond uh, legislation, it's going to have to go beyond whatever goodness there is in humanity. We're going to have to have a hope that is solid and has been proven down through the generations. And this lively hope that was placed within us at the new birth has been proven for over 2,000 years by the faithful Christians as they've served the Lord Jesus Christ. Drop down to verse 13. Here again, we have the word hope that that shows up. Uh, Before we look at this verse, the Apostle John has been called the Apostle of Love. The Apostle Paul has been called the Apostle of Faith. And Peter has been called the Apostle of Hope because of what he has written in this book. And at least four times in this book, he speaks about hope. And in verse 3, he speaks about that hope that is begotten within our heart. It's there. It's planted. We we have it. Now, in verse 13, we read, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Here, hope is a command to be put into action. You have it. It's in there. Now, use it. And, and let it thrive until Christ is, uh, takes you to be with him. It is a command to put hope in action. In verse 3, it's hope that is implanted within our heart. And in verse 13, he's commanding us, now take what is in your heart and put it to action and use it. It's a good thing. It's a helpful thing. It's a godly thing. It's something that God has given to you and me to not only survive but thrive in the times that we may face in this coming year. Hope has to do with your thought life. He says, "Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end. Where we place our hope is determined upon what we think. How we hope is determined on how we think and what we believe and, and the things that that impact us. Your thought life will impact your emotions. And your thoughts and emotions will impact your actions. And it is important that our hope is molded around the person of Jesus Christ and his word and his truth. What you think on, what you focus on. If, if you focus on all the bad things that's going to be happening and is happening right now. That will lead you to despair. Now, I'm not talking about sticking our heads in the sand because we're going to have to deal with the bad things of this next year. And I'm not saying everything in this next year is going to be bad. I hope not. (laughs) But let's be honest there's going to be a lot of bad things happening over the course of this next year. Now what's going to make a difference is where you put your focus. Where, 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 where you, you put your thought life. Here we're getting ready to plant a church. At a time when there are many that think that our country is on the verge of collapse and extinction. I mean, how do, you, how do you even plan in light of that kind of stuff? How do you even have hope to move forward? Well, it's easy when you put your focus in the right place. I, I say easy, that, that I use that word relatively. There's challenges, there's work. Over the years I've often said if I thought the resurrection was or the rapture was going to happen tomorrow I'd want to plant a tree today. I want to be that proactive today. Well now we live in times of uh, of desperate times and and uh, we think okay we just need to withdraw and and just uh, kind of hide and, and all of that. No. <coughs> Now's the time to to reach forth with the gospel. And to plan and, and to do and and to trust God for a great work. It doesn't mean that we ignore the signs of the times. We are very well aware of the signs of the times. It doesn't mean that we are blind to them. What it means is, is that we are putting our focus, our thought, on being obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ to do His will, Until it says uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ, until we are presented to Jesus Christ. One of the things that I I appreciate about Pastor Garner, and there's many, but one of them is he just simply wants to be faithful until he goes home to be with the Lord. Right now, facing a few health issues, some speed bumps as he's put it in the road, but he still wants to be faithful. And folks, it may not be health issues that are speed bumps. It may be adversity and turbulent times that become those speed bumps. But we need to put our hope in practice so that it impacts not only our thought life, our emotions, (coughs) but our actions as well. That we are faithful to serve the Lord Until he comes for his own. And so in verse 3. We are told that that hope is put into us at the new birth. In verse 13 we are commanded to put that into action day in and day out. Then in verse 21 it says what the root of our hope. The basis, the foundation of that hope. It says who by him do believe in God. That raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Folks, there's a lot of people that are hoping on a particular candidate for this next year. Their hope could be dissolved and disastrous. There are people that are hoping in a variety of things For this next year, they may be hoping they'll win the lottery. They may be hoping they'll finally get that uh, large inheritance. They may be hoping that finally their business will succeed. They could be disappointed in a great way this next year. But my friend, if you put your hope in God, God's person, who he is, in God's word, what he has told to us, in God's work, in God's plan, in God's way, I can assure you that you will never be disappointed as you go through this year that is set before us. And so we have here stated foundations for our hope. One of the foundations is that it is already in the heart of the believer. Just cultivate it and let it thrive. Foundation number two is we have a responsibility to put it in action and use it and practice it and let it grow and foundation number three is that our hope must must rest solely upon God not God in the church not God in the preacher not God in the family not God in the president not God in the country and and certainly we hope all of the above is godly and would be godly but we don't have guarantees on all of that. But we can be rest assured that when our hope is placed in God, we will not be disappointed. Now, Peter talks about hope. And do you know, um, I, I read an article uh, about uh, a preacher of yesteryear in his maturing years. He and his wife went to here. A young preacher that they were impressed with and uh, uh, as they were going home the wife was saying wow he was really a great preacher just really uh, complimenting the whole message and everything and the husband G. Kimball Morgan was rather quiet and finally she said are you not impressed? Or is there something that I'm missing? And he said, He preached a good message. And I think he's a good man. But it's all academic, it's all skill that he's learned. Give him a few years of facing the suffering, the trials, and the adversity. And then let's see if what he preached this morning is real in his life. And after numerous years, this young preacher did face some great adversity, some great trials within his church that he had pastored. And then one of his children died, and he had to bury one of his children. Shortly thereafter, G. Kimball Morgan and his wife, because they still had a great respect for this young man, went to hear him preach. And all of what was academic had become real in his life now. And as they drove away from hearing that preacher preach, after being weathered by the storms of life, G. Kimball Morgan said, now there's a great preacher. Because the academics that he preached had become real in his life. When we talk about hope, Peter is not giving these in a cold academic fashion. You see, the most, the most valuable thing about hope is when it works in adversity. And when it's real during suffering. And the Apostle Peter knew what it meant to suffer. He had suffered. He had watched many believers suffer. He had pastored and ministered and and reached out to many who had suffered. This hope that he's giving to us in this particular passage is not an untested hope. It was a hope that had been tested and proven to be true through suffering <coughs> first Peter chapter one verse six, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness though manifold through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire might be found unto the praise and honor and glory of the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now turn over to chapter 4. Chapter 4 and verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. And he goes on to exhort from there. Let me give you an understanding of the life and times that Peter lived and preached in and was used by the Holy Spirit to give us this book. Do you understand that uh, uh, at the life of Christ and then the time of Pentecost, the preaching of the apostles? At that point, Christianity by Rome was considered to be just a subset of Judaism. And it was just a part of Judaism. And at that point, Rome, uh, they had to approve any religious sect that, or God or religion or whatever it was to be acceptable within their government and within their country. If it was not, then they were to be banned, eliminated, executed, or whatever. Well, it came to the point where they realized that Christianity was not a subset of Judaism. that Judaism despised Christianity. And so it was no longer considered an acceptable religion within the state of Rome, under the government of Rome. And so it was not only the Judaism and Judaizers that were persecuting the Christians... That was basically the root of an awful lot of the persecution. Paul, who was Saul before he was, got saved, he was uh, an ambassador for Judaism, going out, uh, arresting, persecuting Christians, executing Christians, uh, torturing them, causing great grief and great pain. Nero had come to, to power and during this early season after paul got saved he was arrested for his faith and then he was released and then he was arrested again and then he was executed martyred for his faith along with that there were such hostilities and upheaval and and, and political turmoil rome burned And they blamed it on the Christians. And so all the wrath of Rome was against Christianity. And this was happening during the lifetime of Peter. He knew what suffering and hostility was all about. He had seen it. He had not yet laid his life down. That was coming. And he was martyred for his faith. But here's a man who understood what suffering was about. This was not just some glamorous idea that he was pontificating about. This was a biblical truth and a reality that had been demonstrated by Christians other than himself, as well as probably himself. And so he he knew the reality, the validity of this hope. A lively hope that we can practice and utilize until absent from the body and present with the Lord. You see, it is not a hope that is centered around some comfort zone or escape of suffering. It is a hope that will take you through whatever suffering, whatever adversity, whatever challenge you have to face. It is a hope that will support you, uphold you, and strengthen you to do God's will regardless of the environment, regardless of the opposition, regardless of the hostility. Folks, there are certain similarities. There has, uh, this year, I forget just how much anti-Semitism has just exploded. It's into the hundreds percent. Two, three, four, five hundred percent more than it has been even a year ago. And a lot of it has been expressed since October 7th. But folks, don't let this catch you off guard because there has been growing a same hostility towards Christianity and they're just waiting for an opportunity to explode it and exploit it whether it be in the next year, five years or whatever but folks there is that hostility And it's being fabricated just like it was fabricated in Rome under Nero. The Christians are portrayed as the problem and the evil ones. And you'll find that that's the way it'll be portrayed in the future here. That, that the Christians are the evil ones and the cause of the problem. And, and uh, I've been looking at several different uh, internet blogs and things, and there is more in more uh, articles with hostility towards Christianity and why Christianity is the root of the problems that we're seeing around the world. Folks, if you do not have an unwavering hope You're going to struggle this year. But God has given every believer a lively, living hope that will take you through anything. All we have to do is utilize it and let it thrive. They're talking a great deal about a black swan year. And I'm not sure what all of that means as a black swan year. Uh, I presume it's talking about bad events happening. This is all politically generated just like it was with Rome. That's why I said this book by Peter is the ideal book to read and study for strength and encouragement for a new year. This is not intended to be a discouraging and a disparaging type message. It is identifying the issues and the challenges that we face moving forward. But it is a message to identify that we have hope that nobody else has. I'm not talking about just the members of Foothills Baptist Church. I'm talking about every child of God. We've got something that the lost doesn't have. We've got the capacity to be able to face a year like this unlike the rest of the world. We do not have to despair because we have a lively hope. Uh, I, I don't care what all the, that you look at that that is the problem that is existing and, and that they're talking about going to happen. We have a lively hope that we can face it. Like no other. And folks, if you do not have the right focus, if you do not have the right thought life on these issues, you will let that lively hope wilt and despair will take over in your life. And so in here, live it, live it, live it. It is a hope that has been proven and demonstrated through countries and generations and centuries of suffering that they have been able to thrive and live through. Now, here's something else about our hope that I think is, it's not beyond explanation, but it's going to be beyond comprehension for a lot of people. Go back to 1 Peter 1 and beginning with verse 6. You see, our hope will not only survive, but it will thrive and be decorated and demonstrated with joy. Verse 6 says, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, may be found with praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You see here, God will give you the grace and the ability so that your hope, your faith, and your testimony can thrive to the praise, honor, and glory of Jesus Christ. And even until... The coming of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing. Now get this. He's talking about that lively hope that's been implanted and, and begotten in us, that we're to, to live and let thrive through us. And this is in times of suffering and adversity, he says, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Use my cowboy growing up terminology. Now, savvy that. Savvy having a hope that not only survives but thrives through adversity and does so with great rejoicing and joy unspeakable. It's one thing for any other kind of hope to be realized and then to rejoice. Heard about just this last week uh, would have been somewhere, I believe, in the Great Lakes area where there was this large section of ice that had broken off. And there was a large number of people that was on that floating chunk of ice and they couldn't walk across the water to get back to the mainland. Somebody tried taking canoes to go rescue them. And and I don't know if everybody that they tried to rescue in the canoe wound up in the water. And you know how canoes are. They just go like this. And if you just happen to step on it wrong and it flips over. and Well, they tried rescuing with canoes. And people wound up in the water. And they had to get back up on the floating ice and into some fishing huts and warm up. And, and I think within two to three hours, uh, land had brought out the resources and the equipment to get them all rescued safe to the mainland. And while they were out there, they were hoping that rescue would come. And when rescue came and they were in warm huts and dry clothes, I'm sure they were celebrating and rejoicing and all of that. But what about the one that was in the water, wondering if they're going to survive the cold water? here's something different and unique about this hope that we have. It goes beyond simply rejoicing when our hope is realized. The ultimate of our hope is future. When we go to be in the presence of Jesus Christ, that's when when the fulfillment of our hope is realized. But in the journey of this life, This hope that we have is here to carry us through this life. Because once we are in the presence of the Lord, our hope has been fulfilled. And I'm not saying we don't need hope anymore and hope will never exist again. But our hope will be realized. But there is something uniquely different about this in that we can rejoice in the journey of suffering adversity with our hope. We don't have to wait until our hope is realized in heaven to rejoice. And this is going to be one of the most unusual things that, will, that happens in a child of God walking with God and using what God has given when you're born again, a lively hope. You go back in to to the testimonial time of under Nero and and, and the Christians and the persecution and and all that took place. That even during the suffering that they were fearful at times, they were cautious, they were very careful. It wasn't that they just threw themselves to the wolves, but even along the journey and through the suffering, they still rejoiced in the Lord. They did not have to wait to rejoice and joy with unspeakable joy until they go to heaven. But they had that joy and unspeakable rejoicing even in the journey. And, and as we go through and journey through 2024, if every one of us lives through 2024, and if there is great suffering, if there is great adversity, if there is serious harassment, my friend, we can still rejoice with unspeakable joy in Jesus Christ. And those that walk with God will do that. Which then brings me to the text that I had written or read this morning, chapter 3 and verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. As we journey through this next year, you are going to experience a lot of people. Now, now there's some that are deceived that evil is good, and as evil prevails, they're going to be happy. There's going to be that element out there. God will deal with them. But you're going to face a lot of people as you go through this year, and there's going to be a lot of despair. And I believe there's going to be a lot of hopelessness. And there's going to be a lot of worrisome. That doesn't mean we're oblivious, but it means we have a different attitude as we face it. I I have taken on the response of Grant Rice from yesteryear when people ask, How are you doing? to say, I'm rejoicing in the Lord not only because I want that to be my spirit, but I want it to remind me to let that be my spirit. I don't care what's happening today. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord with joy unspeakable. Folks, I I could list a bunch of bad things that look like they're on the horizon that's going to happen in our country. But I'm not going to go through that right now. I don't have time. We're not going to be indifferent. We will be impacted. It will affect us. but it doesn't have to rob us of our joy in the Lord. And as it's going to open up opportunities to share the gospel like hasn't been in America for some time. And where we put our focus and what we think upon is going to impact our hope. But my friend, you may have to be involved in a particular party's planning and campaigning and electing and all of that. And you're going to hear a lot of despair and a lot of discouragement. But you're not despaired because you've got hope in Jesus Christ. You're not downhearted because you're rejoicing in Jesus Christ. This whole thing may fall apart. Now, I'm I'm not preaching pacifism. I'm not talking about that we ought to do what, what's right to do to influence our country. But we got, we, we've got to live through this. And we'll live or die through it. One, one of the two things will happen. But folks, can you fathom how people are going to look at you when you face these things and the spirit of your heart is not in despair and discouragement and oh, woe is me, But you're facing it with the rejoicing of the Lord on your lips. And they're going to wonder, what's wrong with you? How can you have a joy in your heart when everything is so bad? And they're going to wonder. And I think that's why he wrote this. Be ready to give an answer. Because the hope that God has implanted within us that we have been commanded to practice is so abnormal from what the world knows about that as we face the adversities of life, they're going to look at us and say, There's something different about you. You don't walk around in despair, or you still make wise choices, whether it be investments, work, or whatever it is, but you're not downhearted. You're not walking in despair. That you still have a joy and a delight in your step because you still get to walk with God. And you still get to fulfill God's purpose. You still have the opportunity to glorify God. And you still are able to share the word of God. You're still able to do what God saved you to do. And you're, you should have a joy that everybody around is wondering, what do you have that I don't have? And be ready to give an answer why you have such a hope that rejoices with joy unspeakable in spite of the conditions that we're going to live in. My friend... This is not simply saying things. This is telling you what God's word tells us. This is not just an, an ideal setting. This is biblical truth and reality for you and I. Do you realize that this may be the greatest evangelistic tool that we could have in 2024? 2024? Is that we are practicing the hope that God has given us. And we are facing the adversity with an unspeakable joy that is beyond understanding of anybody else. And along the way, we're not living foolishly. We're not denying the issues. We have to deal with the issues. We have to respond with the issues. But there's a totally different spirit about us. Folks, here's the foundations of our hope for 2024 and an opportunity for one of the greatest evangelistic tools to be utilized in this next year. Wouldn't it be wonderful? You know, we, we, we don't want to give up on this. We go out and we go around and, and, and we uh, try to share the gospel and we ask if we could share the gospel wouldn't it be a wonderful thing for people every time we turn around how come you're so happy well let me give you an answer for the hope that's within me you go out another day you're around people that know you how come you're so happy well let me tell you why be ready to give an answer this is the foundations of a hope For 2024. Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we we do seek your help. We seek your direction. And Lord, let our eyes be open to the wonderful things that you have provided for us. Direct our steps. Let us focus and think where we ought to focus and think. Let us remember the goodness of God and let us thrive in that hope and be a godly testimony for our Savior. Use us in this next year, I pray, O God. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
2: Thank you for listening to the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. For more information about Foothills Baptist Church of Loveland, Colorado, you may visit our website at foothillsbaptistchurch.com. If you wish to donate to this radio ministry, please make your check payable to Foothills Baptist Church and mail to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado, 80539. Once more, please make your check payable to Foothills Baptist Church and mail to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado, 80539 or you may go to our website at com and click on the give tab we would love to have you visit our regular Sunday services with morning worship at 930 Sunday school at 1050 and Sunday evening at 5 o'clock and until we meet again be sure you are
3: That saved a wretch like me I once was lost But now am found Was blind
4: disaster, especially weather-related, when the power goes out, can cause people to suddenly panic. Within hours, grocery store shelves in your area can be picked clean. Food supply lines get interrupted, and food is hard to find. At that point, it's too late to do anything about it. You must survive only on the food you already have in your home, or risk waiting for the government to respond while you're standing in food lines. So ask yourself, do you have enough food in your home to last for weeks or months?
5: Absolutely no fees. There is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back, and your monthly statements will have no surprises. If you're not sure if you can trust this economy, this secure collateralized portfolio may be a good option for you. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter dot com, or call them at 888-Y-REFI-24. That's 888-Y-REFI-24. Tell them Joe sent you. As 1360 continues to grow, we want to know what our listeners think. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Give us your feedback. Go to
4: 1360KHNC.com and hit the contact button and give us your thoughts. Get ready to embark on an extraordinary journey with Kelvin Crosby, better known as the DeafBlind Potter, and his over 15 million followers right here on KHNC every Monday at 5 o'clock p.m. Kelvin will motivate you and show you how to live beyond life's challenges right here on AM 1360.
5: You're listening to The Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360
4: AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. The views and a.